0: Nichiwa And hey, y'all! I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. And, and welcome, welcome to Sumo Kaboom! Where we talk about
1: all things sumo. Uh, that's right, and today we are talking about ladies. The Again, ladies. Ladies, in ladies a sumo in the sumo ring. That's right. But first...
0: news flash all right wah, wah. <laughs> that was a lot of sound effect all rolled into one and co- all coming from my mouth i know it's great just like the guy from uh, police academy we're very very similar in skill <laughs> woo, woo, woo. what was his name he was so funny i remember as a kid i was just like this guy is amazing. amazing i remember thinking that too yeah i don't yeah uh what a what a career okay well this week <laughs> what a would her
1: highlight. <laughs> kind of like ours man at the top
0: of the field that's right this week would have been the beginning of the may bow show oh. <sighs> So It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is, but the the good news is is that everybody's heartbroken. Yeah. Everybody's just kind of like, what do we do? Instead of sumo this week, we got a um we got a bevy of activity from the JSA online and on their Twitter and on their Instagram, and there've been these kind of strangely I don't know stiff stiff, maybe dull um (laughs) awkward awkward presentations of the wrestlers yeah describing like what they're doing what they're reading yeah or what games they're playing but it's just delivered so strangely but or the uh,
1: guy that was doing the string game well at least that. yeah he was
0: my favorite yeah I was like well that is skill but then I don't speak a Japanese, but it just seemed like the most boring speech. And then at the very end of it, a wrestler would, like, put up a Game Boy and be like, and we're like, oh, okay, so you're playing Game Boy at home. Cool. Or they'd awesome. reach their
1: hand toward the camera and leave it there the way they usually do on Japanese TV. I know. I think that's just, long. like, a
0: thing they do and the thing we do not. We have hard cuts to yeah. the next thing. Yeah. Much. Anyway, but also um, that's what they call relay. So we don't really know what relay is other than just... I keep thinking of it kind of like the ALS challenge that challenged somebody else, but it doesn't seem to be any mention of the next wrestler. It's just called relay. I don't know what it means. You guys write in to us and let us know what let relay know. means. Did you see the
1: one it was Sumo's little brother and he held up what looked like a menu? Oh yes. <laughs> and I, 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 ju- I was like, Are are you spending your time reading menus? What I don't are know. Are you
0: ordering in? Cotonawaka? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I think I saw that, but I just didn't know what it was. So maybe he's, maybe he's design. Oh no, it was a cookbook. Oh, is I that think it what was a it was? cookbook. Yeah. So maybe he's okay, cooking more, at home. That makes
1: more sense. Than L- you a menu. know,
0: learning some recipes. Okay. But I don't know what that kid's name is. It's not Kojinawaka. I don't know. But he is another sumo little brother for sure. Um, He's in somebody's entourage. I've seen him for sure. Also, we've been... Now, this part I really like. And I don't know if you've seen it, but they have put up videos of just individual wrestlers doing their shiko. i have not seen this it's one. neat because you can see oh wow he has a beautiful shiko, and his is like not as flexible they're all just as strong so i kind of watched those and i was like oh my gosh obbies. look at eating our know, i know this like, is so
1: high it's yeah so
0: beautiful and this is on twitter Um, Yeah, I believe it's on Twitter and Instagram. Which is why I
1: haven't seen it, because I am not on the Twitter sphere.
0: Well, you got to get there. There's a whole bunch of crap on there, but then there's (laughs) also some little fun nuggets of fun stuff. So I've enjoyed seeing the Chico's. So that's all I got. Nice. Shall we jump into the meat of the podcast? Yeah, let's do. All right. Do it. Just launch. Launch it in. Launch it in. Women have been competing in sports for thousands of years, and women have also been discriminated against for participating in sports for thousands of years. (laughs) I don't want to sound all bitter and jaded. so As I just giggle in the background, sorry. But anyway, I'll keep pushing forward. The original modern Olympic Games began in 1896, and women weren't allowed in that very first one. They were allowed in four years later, in the year 1900. The Olympics was the brainchild of a man named Pierre de Coubertin.
1: Oh, well done with that French accent, too. I don't
0: know if that's the way you say it, but I like to just say it. Pierre de Coubertin. It could be Coubertin. Coubertin. Well, I don't know how's
1: the how's the last letter it's
0: c-o-u-b-e-r-t-i-n oh. Pierre de coubertin. coubertin I like it like that anyway he felt originally that women's inclusion into the modern olympics would be quote impractical uninteresting <laughs> unesthetic and incorrect <laughs> Ugh, those women so we incorrect keeps getting in the way so what did one Greek woman do in 1896 after obviously being not after included? After said that? After he said that, she decided to run the men's marathon competition the same route the very next day. Her name was Stamata Ravithi, and uh, she ran the marathon course. And that was kind of the ultimate FU to the idea that women not being able to do or that women couldn't do what men do in sports. And because sometimes, I'm guessing she completed it. Yes, hell yes, she did. Okay. And, um sometimes women have to protest loudly to get the attention of men who often tend to be the gatekeepers. <laughs> I hope I've held on to most of our listeners so far. We have a lot of male listeners, but we, I think we that are they're getting, all...
1: We're getting to sumo. We will we, get there. Yes, I promise. And I imagine that
0: all these guys are allies and supporters. So this is just, the men of the past were total D-bags. Anyway, women were then allowed to participate in 1900, but only in the sports considered more ladylike. like. As Golf,
1: in. oh, croquet, things you could do with a skirt on.
0: Yes, yachting,
1: yachting. equestrian,
0: and lawn tennis. Oh, how lovely! So ladylike. Yes, but uh, that's it. Uh, you can do anything more than that. And who would have thought it would take a hundred years? Though. <laughs> wait,
1: wait, wait. Where did Olympic croquet go? Right. Because Why don't we have it? It is not in there anymore, as far as I know.
0: And we should be eliminating men from doing it, <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> a man with a mallet kicking a, or, you know, just hitting How a ball through some little get? tiny arcs. Like, no. <laughs> anyway, it only took another 100 years, 100 uh, and four years, for the Olympics to recognize freestyle wrestling for women. Not Greco-Roman, but it only took 104 years. But women continued to push for more equality in sports. And for each new Olympics, new games were allowed for women, or new sporting events. You remember, uh, this isn't Olympic related, but do you remember that famous picture of a woman trying to run the Boston Marathon in yes, yeah, 1967? Yes, I do. All
1: those men yelling at
0: her. And yeah, which her was off. at the yeah. time a men's event. And there was this like gaggle of like men gnashing their teeth and pulling at her shirt trying to take her number off
1: but also uh, several men running around her to protect her right that was her, her coach finish. and yes. her boyfriend yes
0: and her boyfriend was a hammer thrower in a previous olympics did you know that no i did so not. he was where
1: did hammer throwing go as an olympic sport I don't Too. do
0: but the guy was jason momoa beefy. would have been really into that yeah he was beefy. So, anyway, those like those gnashing teeth, torps like went up against her boyfriend and he like shoved them to the ground. They were like, okay, all right, I'll back off. Okay. Anyway, she ran it, but the whole time, literally, physically trying to be dragged down. And the thing was, she had entered herself into it. There was no designation that you had to put your sex. It was just previously always been a male uh, sport, but there was no. Check this box if you're male or female. That's interesting. And she signed it. Um, she paid the fees. Mm-hmm. And then she got her number and she showed up. And then the guys were like, what? <laughs> this is so incorrect. A woman <laughs> running? <laughs> and, they, and it was actually said that women just couldn't possibly run it. That was the mm-hmm. mental assumption at the time is that literally women just could not possibly run that long.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is Bunker. And what year was this again? Sorry. 67. 67. Now, after that, they were so mad about that that the, I don't remember the name of it, the Amateur Runners Association decided to officially make it a rule that women were not allowed. Oh, how nice. For five more years. But change does happen. And then I think it was in 1972, women were officially allowed. To race. that
1: is crazy to me, yeah. That's, pen- that's that's 72? punish,
0: too. Yeah, it's punishment, right? It's like, don't you try to do what we do. Wow, but I'm not always as angry about men, I'm just angry about men of the past. <laughs> There's plenty of them out there today, too, that are like, women stay in your box.
1: Well, it still gets me. It seems so crazy to me that it wasn't until I mean, what year was it 2017? We didn't get a female superhero movie until Wonder Woman. That's yeah. nuts to me. Yeah, Nuts. it's crazy. That's so recent to have to wait that long for that. Sorry, that was a sidetrack. But... Boy,
0: that was a great movie. It sure was. And how many guys enjoyed looking at her I, oh, for two solid I know, hours? I know.
1: She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She's strong. She's Fierce? full of
0: love. She, oh. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. we digress. Yes. Yes. Women started breaking molds many years ago out of sheer frustration. The ancient Olympic Games began in 776 BC, and it was a competition for men only, and women were excluded except... For in the chariot races, where there were a few women recorded as winners, but they were only owners of the horses. So, so therefore, they were credited with the wins, but they most likely were not allowed to even see the games in person. Because yes, women couldn't watch these precious 600-foot foot races, because that's what the beginning um, Olympic races were. They were just foot races. This is all it was. Yeah, yeah. And men um, men it was men only and women were not allowed to watch the scandal. In fact, any married well, woman They were it, naked. That's Well, I'll tell you about that. <laughs> yes and no. The in fact the, the married women caught observing the games could be sentenced to death. Oh. But yes, there is that, that the men were naked, but they may not have been ma- naked in the very beginning. It definitely came in the whole naked mm-hmm. run of sports for men yeah. only maybe later, and then obviously taken out. Although okay. I would watch the Olympics way more if everybody was <laughs> if naked. If everybody was naked. Right?
1: <laughs> We'd have to be Who very wouldn't? careful with camera angles.
0: That's right. Oof, But
1: it would be interesting.
0: We just probably... Would you watch sumo? If yeah, it was naked? Oh, absolutely. You know what, here's the thing about nudity. We have our panties in a wad about it over here. Europeans, they do they they go to the beach and everybody's topless. They're like whatever. Titties are titties. But we've got our panties in a wad about it. If we just saw everybody <laughs> naked all the time, we would just be like, "Oh, great. Everybody's naked all the time. Who cares?" No problem. We wouldn't comment. It wouldn't be weird. So Okay, so I digress. What did the women do back then? They created the Haraean Games, and this was named after Hera. And it was an ancient festival for female athletes only, and it was a competition for women. And it encouraged and and, and was thought to be good for the health of women, but the men just didn't want women competing with them. So the Haraean Games gave uh, unmarried women—you couldn't do it if you're married—unmarried mm. um, women an outlet um, to— I don't know, be athletic. And they were also mostly foot races like the men had back then. So here we are, finally in the time in which the panel of the IOC has finally caught up with the times. And now, today, demands that any sport in the Olympics to be featured must be equal to both sexes. It must be an opportunity for both sexes. Finally, it, it didn't take, what, more than 2000 and some okay, years but we got there yeah i will say the olympics was like for a good like eight or nine centuries didn't exist did you know that no i did not yeah it just like cut out and then came back in the 1500s or somewhere i did like. not know that yeah there, there were there were a number of centuries where no one was no one was doing any sort of foot races you see women have no incentives no reason to wrestle like the men do these days it's a tough long climb to any sort of notoriety in a lot of sports and in sumo that's very much the same women are doing it for their hearts and sheer love of the sport like many many other women before them thousands of years they just want to run but these days it's hard for even women in the year 2020 to push past this barrier where you are even an amateur athlete, and then the world says there's still nowhere for you to go. And because sumo is has only until 2018 that was just finally recognized by the IFC. Just we're in the infancy of what that means, because men would be able to compete if women were able to compete, but until in the Olympics. In the Olympics but until that point. We have no sumo in the Olympics. We have no sumo in the Olympics. I thought I would just go down a list, though, before we move into our very exciting interview, which was so fun to do. I'm going to list some remarkable female trailblazers. These are athletes whose fame or notoriety has at least probably waned, but nevertheless remind us that women can do what men can do. They can do the same sports that men do. In 1931, a woman by the name of Jackie Mitchell played for the AA Chattanooga Lookouts. At age 17, her team had an exhibition game with the New York Yankees, and she struck out Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth as the pitcher. She wasn't the first woman to play baseball, though, but she was one who proved that we could be really, really good. Before Danica Patrick was racing cars, there was a woman named Janet Guthrie, who back in the mid-1970s was the first woman to earn a spot at the Indianapolis 500 and Daytona 500. Her ninth place finish at the Indy 500 held the record until 2005. And then many years later, someone like Danica Patrick comes along. That's pretty exciting. Now, you probably remember this. Billie Jean King, Mm -hmm. who in her 1973 Battle of the Sexes match against Bobby Riggs, who, by the way, claimed that women in their game, their tennis game, was far inferior. And King fought for equal prize money for women, and in 1971, she won against him and became the first woman to win more than $100,000. And that was also a big old, screw you, Bobby Riggs. Mm -hmm. Ann Myers Drysdale was the first woman to sign an NBA contract with the Indiana Pacers in 1979. You all might have heard of Lisa Leslie and her remarkable domination in basketball and her long-standing career. And look, the list goes on and on. These women were all doing traditionally male sports and sports certainly not ladylike, but whatever that means anyway. Women can be tough. Women can be brutal. Women are fierce. Women can absolutely play any sport a man can play. One day we will see a female sumo wrestler on the podium at the Olympics. And maybe, just maybe, in the doyo. That'd be awesome. Allowed to be in the doyo. All right. That's it? Well done.
1: We talked this last week to, shall we call her trailblazer? I think so. I think we should. Mariah Holmes.
2: Yeah. My
0: Tachi eye is is a killer. (laughs) She's a mover and a shaker.
1: She sure is. She is one of the top U.S. female sumo wrestlers and so much more. Even though she doesn't believe that titles are super important, she's won a lot of them. Maybe we should let her explain. The national
2: champion for 2018 and 2019, I also hold for my, my individual weight classes as well as like a second place for like open I'm the US Open champion for 2018 came behind the world champion last year in 2019 at the open the US Sumo Open and then last year at Worlds I made it to the semifinals but I do a lot of other stuff in sumo as well um, for the U.S. I'm the vice president and the um, a, a trustee, but I'm also the chair for the women's committee. I mean, I'm a serious athlete. I'm all about my trophies and, and, and kicking butt in the ring. But I also think, you know, if you're going to be serious in a sport and try to grow a sport like, um, you know, I think we all are trying to do, then it's, it's important to also shine a light on. The other aspects that you're doing outside of that co- competition? Mm-hmm.
1: What's the women's committee? This is the first I've ever heard of that.
2: Yeah, it's new. We started last year because we got an amazing grant from the Women's Sports Foundation, um, which is headed by Billie Jean King. Super amazing foundation, and we got a grant for them. And so we, we started a women's committee kind of because of that, but I'm so glad that we did because it's very necessary. Women within sports. Especially male dominated sports need a support group, need a place where they can be heard, and need advocates to help them tackle specific issues that they have and and just be a voice for them so that they can continue to grow and excel. Especially, like I said, in male dominated sports where they really get overlooked. Women often um, hit a a wall when it comes to funding Mm -hmm. um, and sports. And so we want to keep. Helping them be able to practice and make it to competitions.
1: We asked Mariah to explain the divisions in international sumo because there are weight divisions, but also open divisions, and we just didn't we didn't know enough yeah. about them. We didn't know yeah. if you could compete in both. We needed the skinny.
2: Yeah, pro sumo, as you guys know, is just open. It's who uh, whatever your body size is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, international, like we're gonna call it, is. Um, cut up into weight classes um and i think they did like it's it's better to do that um like if you're going to talk for the olympics right they Mm -hmm. made more than just one competition so you have five for each person you have the lightweight the like light heavy middle Mm -hmm. and then heavyweight and they're all broken up into specifics but then the heavy just goes on forever but then the open weight Anybody can enter that. You could be small, medium, large, whatever. At nationals, um, I compete in a specific one of the the four divided weight classes, and then you get to compete also in the open weight division. However, when you if you qualify for a world championships, you cannot compete in both. Oh. oh. <laughs> So if I if I won both my individual weight class, let's say I was doing heavy and I won that. And then I went into the open and I won that as well. I would have to choose which one I wanted to go in and represent in.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
2: And then whoever got second place in the one I didn't choose would would then represent for that class.
1: She talked about how she met and wrestled with Hiori You remember who that is?
0: Yeah, uh, Little Miss Sumo.
1: That is right, featured in the documentary on Netflix, Little Miss Sumo. And in this discussion, uh, she launched into a very eloquent conversation about a side of the sport that we just don't know about because we aren't sumo wrestlers. She talks about what we feel as fans, but that is very hard to describe.
2: The sport is so beautiful because the base of it, the heart of sumo, it's just all about, I don't want to say love because it's not like gushy love, but you really need to have like your heart and soul in the sport. You're not just going up and trying to like attack someone. When you center yourself and you really root yourself to the ground, that's when you connect. It's almost like a spiritual thing with sumo and you ground yourself and you have this just love in your heart. And those are the competitors who are going to come in and just dominate in the dojo. Not those people who are just trying to like freak you out or just come in and, you know, annihilate you. Mm -hmm. There's this spiritual and in Little Miss Sumo, even, um, Hayuri talks about the, the God of Sumo. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And it's just, it's so true. And so, that's part of the reason I love sumo so much just because it's so grounded and spiritual and there's so much love and in in rooted into the sport that it really sets it apart from any other combat sport for me. How did you get into sumo? I I have a rugby background. Oh, and, um, oh I was coaching this youth program. It just started. And one of the, the coaches there did sumo tiny little guy and i was like okay sure i'll i'll go try this this is the most random thing i've ever heard of i didn't know that was a thing like when he he had first said it i thought they were talking about the the bodysuits right <laughs> Where you like put on body the and wrestle and i was like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. okay but he was even no for real and i was like okay so i go to the practice and i was an athlete like i like outside of martial arts like I did like rugby and um other things and so like I was pretty in tune with a a difficult practice right I can run I can I can jump I can do all of that but the sumo practice with all the shikos and Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it kicked my butt (laughs) I'm telling you I was breathing so hard I was sweating so bad I was like wow this is intense but it was the the actual like bouts that we were doing that just, I don't know, you, you make that first initial hit, the tatiae and it's just like, shakes your soul and then it's tactical. You know, you can't just be a physical brute. You have to be really thoughtful about it. It's, you have to maneuver and you have to feel their momentum and get them to work with you just to throw them out it was like almost like, like playing chess mentally. And it was just something I had never done in my sports career before. I couldn't leave. I I fell in love. The athletic part, you know, where it's, it's physically exhausting really is. I mean, the bouts are so short. It's insane. You get done doing one of them and you feel like you just ran a marathon. And then in addition to that, you know, just being so connected and, like you guys said, you can, you guys can even feel it just watching to have a sport with all of that encompassing it. Yeah. There's no way I would, would want to do anything else.
1: We were very curious about her training.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So we asked her a little bit about her training. Here's what she said.
2: Training is hard for multiple reasons. Um, and I think any athlete, any athlete comes to these, these issues, but especially being a female athlete, we don't have as many numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And so getting the right body style is very difficult. My club in California is a bit larger. Um, some clubs that are smaller have a more difficult time with this. But being able to wrestle somebody that fits the, the right size for, right. for you is difficult. In pro sumo, this is not an, an issue at all. Right. Um, but in like an international sumo, which is kind of what I like to call it instead of like amateur. Um, mm-hmm. the, we have the, the different weight classes. And so um, within your weight class, it, it's different. And I've wrestled open weight. And so open weight, you can see, you know, all sorts of body sizes. A lot of the guys that I practice with are bigger which is great for, you know, getting a, an awesome touchy eye in. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're really trying to do like flips, right. Or, or belt work of any kind, it's a little more not realistic to what you'd see in competition. So, you know, trying to build the, the participants, up in your club is, is really key to be able to get that. And then traveling around and wrestling all the other competitors that you know we have access to in the US, super helpful, right? Because you get to see different techniques, different styles, different body sizes, super helpful, but very not cost-effective. <laughs> so, right. um, so you hit some walls in training. And I think it really just comes down to trying to, to find what your natural ability is. I, and I say that because there's so many different techniques out there, right? Right. And if, if your tachi eye is not so great or your belt work is not so great, but you have you know, a superior um, judo hip throw, which I don't, but if I did, <laughs> you would want to hone in on that. So finding your key techniques, And then really working those and finding how to just like exploit those on different people. I think that that's been my biggest learning. My biggest takeaway for the last couple of years is just really working on what, what I've already innately can do.
0: So with fewer numbers, I imagine it's just harder to find all the different varying types of bodies to go up against, to be able to to try out your different techniques and your in your exactly um,
2: well and if you watch they have um like the european championships and mm-hmm. stuff and the russian championships i mean they have all the videos on youtube you can watch and the number of people that come <laughs> things is amazing and you think not even all the people that practice are at those competitions so you have to think how many people they really are are practicing with mm-hmm. no wonder they're so amazing um the us is getting there we are and we have some really great athletes coming up grassroots movements but all the individual clubs that we have they don't have the the massive numbers that that, you know those european countries do so yeah you're right it it puts a little bit of a stopper in there
1: we were curious about how women train differently if at all
0: from men really fascinating to hear uh, just about the equality of it Mm -hmm. and that there's no holds barred uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like the men are like, I'll meet you. I'll meet you in the middle of this. And the women are too. They put their all into it. It was interesting to know there's not this barrier within practice. There's um, men and women practicing together in the dojo.
2: In one way, I think that sumo is really progressive because on the surface of it, there really is no difference. Man or woman, you come into the sport and the technique that you're going to train is the same the people that you train with are the same. Um, My coach is the same coach as all the other guys. I often have the big guys come up against me so I can practice my tachi eye because they simulate the ginormous Russians that I'm going to see in the open (laughs) weight. They hit me, as far as I'm concerned, the same Mm -hmm. um, as they would hit another guy. So in that aspect, yeah, it's the same. But for a woman... It's so hard because it's like when you go against another female wrestler, first of all, they're going to be going 100% trying to annihilate you. They're trying to do the best that they can. They're not stopping. They're not thinking, oh, what if I hurt her? You know, they're not holding back one ounce and they also have different techniques you know, they're going to grab different, they're going to hit different, they're going to um, try to throw me differently. I think um, a lot of the men, especially the larger men, they do the the technique that you would see in pro sumo. Mm-hmm. So you get the big hits, and you get a lot of the, you know, the bumping and the, the really quick throws, like after they've kind of stalemated for a while, and you just see them sit there. Mm-hmm. And then somebody just throws somebody out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a lot of that. With the women, there's a lot more judo throws in there it, and it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain without like showing you almost a video. But mm-hmm. my point is the technique is going to differ woman to woman versus woman to man. And so when I'm training <laughs> and a lot of the competitors that are out there are men, it, it's different and it's hard to take my training with those guys and then apply it successfully to another woman. That's been my biggest battle through my my training career is just how do I get this to transfer?
1: It's totally different because these women fight back in a totally different way than Yama does.
0: Right. He has the advantage of the tachi with the weight. Mm Mm-hmm you know, I would think anybody would just need more track time with more big
2: women. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can knock, I can knock someone down. Like that's, that's my thing. I, I can hit, but after, you know, making sure my, my hands are on the belt in the right place, making sure that I'm positioned to throw you, that's where I get stuck. And that's where I have to be excellent because that's, what I need. Unless I can knock that chick out, you know, the doyo on my first hit, I'm going to have, you know, a, a long road in front of me and going against Yama, that's fine. I can hit him all day. But then going against somebody who can take that hit and then be in the position to fight that it gets tricky.
1: On the light side, she confirmed a very important fact about Mawashi. This is a fact that I did not believe. When you first told me this fact about Mawashi, uh, I didn't yeah. believe you. You didn't. And I was like, no,
2: it's real. I've never once washed my Mawashi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that thing's so, so rank, I can't even tell you. But no, it's really nasty.
0: <laughs> they don't wash them. I know that Like we love sumo, but if we lived in the sumo world, it would stink to high heaven. Oh, my God. Mariah's style
1: of
2: sumo, in case you are wondering, is... I like to work the hip. A lot of wrestlers, especially the larger ones, they they stay up in front, right? So you see them go head to head. Yeah. Um, I like to slip off to the hip because I feel like, especially with my strength is in my base. And so if I'm on the side of you, I have more control of you. I can push you, I can pull you, and I can flip you. Getting there can be difficult, but um, I like to position myself there. And then just flip people.
0: So despite, you know, there being fewer numbers, there's actually over 20,000 female sumo wrestlers Mm. and 3,000, what, in Japan? Mm -hmm. But 20,000, a lot of them are from Russia, Ukraine. There's some really amazing wrestlers over there. But that being said, the women that are in the game are catching up fast.
2: They are fearless, and fierce. I feel like women's sumo is dominating everywhere. We rock. <laughs> if you look at the world competitors for women, gosh, they are such amazing athletes. The Russian that was on a, I can't pronounce her last name. I i butcher her names.
1: Uh, don't worry. We butcher names all the time. <laughs>
2: she was um up for like the 2018, 2019 sportsman of the of the year I think that's throughout like all sports and she was nominated because yeah. she's such an amazing athlete like mm-hmm. and she just you watch her she's just dominates. so it's obvious but she was
0: enormous and like so skilled and yeah. would just what do you be like do in the
2: ring with her. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. We have yeah. to be
1: experts like you. No,
2: I wouldn't know either. You just try your best, right? She's amazing. And I think there's a lot of women, you know, like Hayari and, you know, so many other women fighting for those top spots. And I think maybe that's what Justin meant is that, you know, they're just dominating because we have just this huge amount of outstanding athletes coming up. I think that's just going to continue to grow as women um, become aware and find that, you know, they have a place within the sport. And so it'll just keep growing. And women's sumo is just going to take over the world. (laughs) The women are so diverse in their technique. They can have a hard hit followed by amazing belt work. They have training in judo and jujitsu. So they're going to be able to flip people. All of that combined, like they're just so versatile. The men come in, you know, and they're going to make a big hit and, and maybe have one or two other solid techniques that they're going to exploit. The women, they've got, you know, a bunch of other things up their sleeves that they're going to, Pull out and and I think that just makes them edgier and a little more difficult to to fight and just makes them like a stronger athlete. Mm. And that's why I really hope that we can become an official Olympic event soon, because it'll give you know all of these athletes that work so hard something to grow towards. Right. And I don't mean that like, please don't get me wrong. As an athlete, you know, I walk in there and it's there's this self-fulfillment that I get in going in and doing my best and coming out and saying, oh, I learned something or I, I dominated today or whatever it may be. But if you're going to compare, you know, what the women have to gain to what the men are, yeah, the men may be picked up. They may be scouted. They may be put into sponsors. I can't tell you... How many times I've been frustrated by guys in our club they pick up ads or something if you're the right size right you're a big big sumo guy you can do an ad they're never going to offer that to a woman mm. a woman sumo wrestler doing an ad that's ridiculous so there is a lot more for a man to to gain you know from fame and doing well in in sumo than for a woman so having the Olympics to shoot for would just be an amazing thing for women. I also want to just point out that for sumo, women have such, in general, women have such difficult body image issues. Mm-hmm. A lot of women will go into a sport trying to be fit, right? I'm right. Gonna be in shape. I'm going to be this perfect, ridiculous society image. Right. Mm-hmm. And sumo allows for women to come in and accept their body as it is mm-hmm. and say, That's my body. why is I it love is. it. That's yeah. why and they, I'm they so say, inspired by it's it. It's strong the way it is. It is capable. I can, you know, I can succeed with what I have, what who I am as I am. And there's something just so beautiful about that for me in sumo, that you don't have to be a certain size to play a certain position to do whatever you can come in, whatever size you are and dominate and do an amazing job. Yeah. Um, I feel like for, for sports, for women, sumo is just so enriching and strengthening. And I, I just feel like so many more women should, should look into doing Something like sumo just because it's so powerful for them.
0: Yeah.
1: I really wanted to ask Mariah about a discussion that I had seen. It was a Facebook group in which someone had asked, Hey, what do you guys think about female sumo? And about half of the people who responded had never heard of female sumo. About a quarter of the people were like, "Ooh, gross, no, I would never watch it. And maybe another quarter were really interested Mm -hmm. in sumo. So I really wanted to know what Mariah thought about
0: that.
2: People have an image in their mind of what something is. And these people probably have an image in their mind that sumo is this big, big man wrestling thing pro sumo that's what they're imagining Mm -hmm. which is great pro sumo is amazing there's a whole world outside of that and you know there are men who are not ginormous who are wrestling sumo as well and i'd be curious to know are you opposed to that the same way as you're opposed to women in 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 sumo well and i think it just comes down to people being closed-minded they like what they like. They, they're on their bandwagon, they, they have this image in their mind whatever you want to say. It is their normal and people have such a hard time breaking out of normalcy. Mm-hmm. And you know, women in a lot of fields are not the normal, but if you open your mind and that's all, that's you know, Laura, that's what I would answer your question with the advice to sumo watchers be open minded. You you know, you don't know if you like it till you try it, try watching Mm -hmm. it and watch it with an open mind. And you might just love it because those athletes are still athletes, whether they're men or women, and they are out there giving it everything they've got. They have amazing technique, amazing skill, and it's an amazing sport. And they have that connectedness, just like any other man, you know, any man that goes in the ring. And you're going to get that same, you know, feeling that you get, you know, when they hit and they make a great throw, it's the same. And so if you come into it open-minded, instead of just saying, no, that's not the usual, that's, I can't watch that, come into it with an open mind and you're going to find that you love it because, you know, women in sumo is just as amazing, if not more than men in sumo.
1: I also was curious about what Mariah would say to women out there thinking about doing sumo.
2: Find a friend. Find somebody in the sport that you can talk to about, you know, the, the struggles you go through or, hey, as, am I doing this technique right? Look at this picture. What, what should I be doing? <laughs> you know, find a friend who, who can go along your sumo journey with you. And whether you become the next world champion or you just have a great time every weekend putting your mawashi on, you're going to have a better experience if you have someone there with you. If you go to the ussumo.org website, that's the official USSF website, and there's a tab up top that says starting sumo, and you can find all the clubs in the U.S., they have emails for everybody and you can find a club near you, right? And if there's not one, you can email us and we can hook you up with somebody who's close to you and you can start doing practices. We guide you. If you, want, if you want any information, go to that website, email us. We will take care of you because we really do. We want so many people to just be a part of Sumo. So I would say go to that site, find a club, but also if you go to Facebook, um, we've got the um, USA sumo, USA women in sumo. We also have the USSF and USA sumo club. So there's so many pages on Facebook. And that, would be,
0: on that would be for men and women, yes. right?
2: Great. Oh, I love that. I also want to shout out to to women who, I feel like one of the walls women hit so many walls trying to do anything in life. But one of the walls is trying to balance things for them and their family life. Mm -hmm. And I just want to give a shout out, anybody who might be hearing this, that like you can balance it. And it's so enriching to be able to go out and do a sport and have your family watch you and support you in that. I have a son and am currently pregnant and will be having another child. Um and I should that thanks. <laughs> it's put a stopper on my sumo this year, but we will continue. You can raise your family, have your kids, you know, support your husband, whatever, your partner, and still come out and dominate in a sport. You don't have to choose, and I feel like a lot of women feel, you know, like stuck. We we get put in those boxes, right? And and it's okay to break out of that one. And I think it's really healthy for women to have families and still go out and thrive for something that's solely just for them. And so I I really want to just encourage any woman out there that you know is thinking about trying a sport. Hopefully, it's sumo. And, but they're, they're stopping because, you know, oh, I've got, you know, all these family ties. You can do both. You can do both.
0: It's interesting. You talk about women need to find a friend and. I did a lot of comedy and I have done a lot of comedy and I knew a lot of my guy friends kind of would come together and they would do comedic shorts and they would kind of have these garage band sort of things. Like it would just be all guys and they'd be hanging out and doing their things and they just never invited women. And I, I think that like sumo is interesting because the garage band is kind of the doyo, you know, but (laughs) I don't know outside of the doyo, do women kind of like have their own garage band of like, Hey, we're a bunch of sumo wrestlers and we're female and we all hang out and do stuff together. And, and, and maybe we, maybe it sounds like we need more of that, more women to create more, more, uh, garage bands, uh, for sumo that made no sense, but in my it mind, made, it
2: did. It made so <laughs> much sense to me. And that's definitely my goal. Um, especially with the women's community, that's my, my push, um, pretty much making it a giant women's garage band (laughs) i love
0: it girls need a garage band too like you need a pal if you if you really want to do this to go and show up by yourself sometimes a little intimidating If you want to do this, there's an incredible network that is so hungry for new talent and will just hook you up if you are interested in it or if you know any girls who are like, I'm athletic. A lot of people like um, some of the other wrestlers come from a weightlifting background or Mm -hmm. whatever, and they've been able to transition into sumo. So it's being able to connect people up and give them the community. And then it's much more than just a sport. It's like. Your community, mm-hmm. your, your your people yeah. that get you. You
1: work out together. Yeah. You play together. You throw each other to the ground. You help each other back up. Right. You get strong together. Right.
0: We need to support each other for the women who do want to do it. Yeah. And if men aren't going to necessarily support the women that are doing it, then women should be at least supporting each other. To be honest, she gave me goosebumps
1: several times because she just spoke so lovingly about the sport and about women within the sport and how powerful we can be. And most of us don't even know that. We've never tried this sport and how the sport is kind of wide open and welcoming to women of any size, any shape. Mm -hmm. And it has such heart, such love. I mean when you start speaking about a sport like that i am in
0: i'm in 100 yeah, she was connected to the spiritual part of it the the beauty that i think you and i see in it mm-hmm. that that so many sumo fans see they're just not used to seeing a woman in the mawashi you know mm-hmm. but the love of the sport spans like everyone there are women and men who are huge fans of it mm-hmm. so she was definitely a trailblazer
1: she is a trailblazer. Yes,
0: she is. Yes.
1: And thank you Mariah for coming to speak with us. Hopefully we'll have more of these interviews coming in the future. They're really fun for us to do. And since we don't have a pro tournament right now to watch, we can dig deep. We can, we can dig, dig deep and yeah, deep dive into other sumo wrestlers out there. That's right. That is our
0: Style Style of of Sumo sumo. Here at Sumo Kaboom Please tune in again For more info On the sport we love Thanks for listening Thanks for liking us Listening Sharing All the good Nice reviews We really appreciate it Write into us Let us know If you've got some Sumo jokes Or sumo trivia Questions We'd love to answer them Or if we can't We will get to the bottom Of it the best we can
1: Okay Until later I'm Laurie And I'm Leslie Thank you so much For listening Sayonara And see y'all later